0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Knowing entrepreneurs often dramatically underestimate the time it takes to validate their business models are more likely to lose money or break even than make a profit and face abysmal failure rates one successful founder is offering a helping hand with the launch of a new accelerator program. Junia Rocha, the co-founder and chief marketing officer of BraziBytes, recalls in vivid detail the struggles and excitement of launching her Brazilian cheese bread, empanadas, and now breakfast sandwich business, and wants to spare up-and-coming leaders some of the hard lessons that she learned as well as offer an infusion of funding with no strings attached through the new Latino Entrepreneur Accelerator program. Launching on September 15th, which also marks the start of Latin Heritage Month, Leap will offer one winner a $10,000 business grant and a 12-week mentorship with Rosha and her team. Three other finalists will get marketing and PR boosts from Rosha and her team, and they will all learn together what it takes to succeed. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Rosha shares details about what the program will include, what she's looking for in successful applicants, and what inspired her to launch the program. She also shares lessons from her own roller coaster journey, including highs such as appearing on Shark Tank and lows when she felt stymied and as if her business wouldn't succeed. While launching a new business has never been easy, Rosha says now it's particularly trying time for entrepreneurs, because not only do they face the same steep learning curve as their predecessors, but they also must manage once in a career inflation, supply and labor challenges, as well as ever-tightening resources, all of which Leap is designed to help navigate. These
1: are tough times to be an entrepreneur. These are tough times to start a business, to grow a business, to um, raise capital. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of obstacles um, that are, like, exacerbated right now that have always been there. It's harder than ever to get funding. It's harder than ever to um, get placement in grocery stores. It's harder than ever to... Um, raise awareness in you know and and bring new introduce a new product line to consumers, and um, you know I I think that and if the inflation you know controlling your bottom line it's it's a very difficult time now, and so you add on to that being a Latino owner being a minority and then you're facing you know a whole new number of obstacles around around that and challenges um, you know bigger challenges to fundraise. And, um, and all the obstacles that come along with being a minority. So I think that the industry is making an effort, and I think the industry does try. The, uh, the main ob- obstacles that I see are more around just macro trends in general, and those macro trends tend to impact minorities the most, right? So I don't think the industry is setting out to hurt you know, minority, Latino, women-owned brands in any way, but... When you're faced with challenges like inflation that we're facing now, um, you know, challenges to fundraise, those companies are going to have a harder time. But there are, you know, there's a, I think there's a, there's a wave of trying to support, including our very exciting Latino Entrepreneur Accelerator, to so just be aware of those uh, metrics and try to support the entrepreneurs where they need the most. I created this Accelerator um, with the goal to uplift Latino founding brands at their most critical time in their journey. So most critical time is that under $1 million in annual revenue, when you're getting the most rejection, when it's the hardest to get traction, to get that placement, to get that, you know, the funds that you need. And so I feel like where can I add the most value? Where can I add the help the most? And it's during that critical time. So the way the accelerator works, it's, You know, it's support with a grant and mentorship. So the grant is in the amount of $10,000. The mentorship takes place over 12 weeks, and it's going to be a mentorship that is going to be, like, individually tailored to that company and what their needs are. You know, each entrepreneur and brand in in that stage needs more help with something on a certain week, so we're going to kind of tailor to that. Um, and I'm gonna kind of tap into my amazing team here at Broad Devices today, with sales, finance, ops, you know, executive team to try to help and, and guide them to the best we can, to give them the best chance uh, to succeed. The, the applications are gonna be open during Latin Heritage Month, so mid September through the end of October. And, um, you know, entrepreneurs are encouraged to go to the brasilbytes.com website. When they get there, there's an item on the menu of the website that's going to take them to more details about the accelerator and an application process. So we are going to be selecting the, the winner um, this year. And uh, the, the mentorship and, uh, you know, the, the check will be written at the beginning of next year so they can kind of start the year off um, you know, with a lot of excitement. And in addition to the one winner, we're going to give uh, three other companies some exposure through um, you know, the browsey Bytes community. So we have a massive email list. We have a community of almost 500,000 in email and social and all of, of those components. So we're going to also give exposure to three other brands um, that, um, you know, the runner of the of the Accelerator.
0: Roja explains that selecting a winner will be challenging, but she says she's looking for someone whose passion mirrors her own and whose product is just as delicious as she says Rosie Bites Brazilian Cheese Bread is.
1: We want to look for those founders that are really driven and passionate about what they do, that have a lot of gas in the tank, that have a lot of excitement and creativity, um, that have, you know a product that is delicious. I think here, Browsy Bites, we pretty obsessed with delicious. Delicious is not, you know, black and white, but I think in general, there are some things that are more like crowd pleasers and we're looking, we love delicious. We obviously love um, functionality and nutrition because we're in the better for you space, but we just really love delicious. We get excited about that. Um, we are going to be more excited, I think, about brands that we see that can scale. We want to see like a little bit of sort of like the Browsy soul soul women, you know, which is like passion, drive, um, a great product, strong founders.
0: Unlike many other accelerators or incubators that offer startups help in exchange for equity or a portion of profits, Rocha says that she created Leap as a way to pay for the help that she received from many mentors over the past 12 years, that she has spent building the business, which is also why mentorship is a key component of the program.
1: So I am really passionate about helping others um, throughout the journey of being a founder, like a new founder, like so I was helped by so many. I'm a huge fan of peer mentorship, and it's something that's that's amazing in our industry. you know we're always helping each other out and like giving advice. and I think that there's nothing like peer mentorship and you know, the support that we can get in our industry to help us avoid some mistakes and and refocus and get through the challenges. And so I've always been helping, you know, doing calls. And, you know, once I kind of like understood the industry and was able to, like, you know, stabilize and maybe browse device into what it is today and growing, that's when sort of like the tables turn a little bit because before I would ask people for help and then. You know, once the company grew, they're like, "How did you do it? Like, you know, show me the way." And how did you do this? How did you do that? And and so this accelerator program allowed me to organize that and tap into the amazing resources that I have here today to uplift the next generation of founders. Because I, I don't look sort of like and think about like I have one mentor that show me the way. I don't think that exists. I think I think that's kind of I don't know maybe like I want to say a little bit old school. You know, to put, like, all your eggs in one person and follow their path. And I think you got to get a lot of, like, different opinions and, you know, listen to podcasts and so on. So I had several mentors. I, I think I had several people that gave me the time of day and showed me the way and explained things when I didn't know how they operated. So I had, you know, a good friend that had a relative that was at a UNFI. And uh, when I was like the brand was really young, and I was like, well, you know, I need to get into u n f i We were doing direct delivery, and then I was like, "You know, how do I do this? You know you hear all these scary things when you hear the name u n f i and your tiny brand, and so you know this person sat me down one day and just like drew up how the how the distribution business works, and I was like, Wow, you know that was like it was like an hour two hour lesson and then that was an amazing time. And then throughout the, the 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 years, it was this peer thing was huge. Just like in trade shows, you know, you start going to Expo West and then you make friends with the booth next to it. And then there was another group. I just I keep going and another and another because I can't like even number and name how many people, you know, supported us in our journey. It just keeps going. And so how... So well, I think it's like one mentor and you solve your problems? I don't. I think it's a lot of people It's different times, but then there's people that you kind of like can really count on that are more experienced in the industry that if you can, you know, have them um, on on your phone to do a text or a call. I think that's really helpful. For us here, the, the, the mentorship piece um, of the accelerator program is exciting because I expanded that to everyone in my company. So there's people here that, you know, their expertise, the supply chain, and, um, you know, it's co-packer agreements. And then you have the, my marketing team that's, like, trying to break in on TikTok and, like, doing email marketing. Like, what are some of, like, those things there? And then I have my sales team and the retail side. So it is not just me because I'm not saying, like, come, you know, meet with me. On You know, there's one single person on Friday, and then I will show you the way. I will show some of the ways, <laughs> but then I'm going to have my team kind of show more ways. And I think you got to keep seeking those, um, those types of mentorship opportunities. And then, you know, nowadays also, I just love how many podcasts there are. Like, look at your amazing podcast. Like, listening to this conversation is a form of mentorship, you know, you just got to kind of subscribe to those um, that are kind of have the, the tone that you like and those types of conversations. And then, you know, maybe from our conversations today, a founder learned to be patient or a founder learned that it's okay to be rejected during a fundraising process. And maybe you just got to pivot and you got to learn, you know, and you got to learn. Maybe they learn that. Focusing on demand is critically important and they're going to kind of think on that a little bit. And so this is all it is, right? It's those sort of conversations that are going to spark, you know, a different path or, is, or it's going to spark like a focus that maybe you need. Maybe you're showing up and you're running your company a little bit scattered and you got to kind of drop some stuff and focus on others. And so that's what mentorship is.
0: As Rosha prepares to take on the role of mentor, she recalls some of the hard lessons that she learned over the past 12 years building the business, including during the tumultuous first few years when winning over retailers and investors was a hard sell and in the years after the brand appeared on Shark Tank when Brazi saw exponential growth. We've been in
1: business for 12 years. I founded the company with my husband Cameron. And, and the original, you know, sort of idea and mission was to bring Brazilian cheese bread to the U.S. market. We, have, we had to learn the industry from the ground up. Um, and so, you know, we, before starting Brass Device, we, we had, I'll call it like regular jobs. You know, um, we were like in our late 20s and just had the idea to so left our corporate jobs and went and, be, and turned out entrepreneurs uh, overnight. And the, over the course of 12 years we learn a lot and um, went through all kinds of things It's I, it's been a true journey growing the brand and including um, you know learning to make the product ourselves to have production in-house hire first employees then scaling the brand and having uh, contract manufacturing to raising money from all kinds of ways to going on shark tank and so it's been a really amazing journey and today the brand is in over 16,000 stores nationwide, we have multiple product lines and we are better for you Latin Foods platform. It, w- it was not an overnight success. The first five years, we re- it was really kind of on the ground, knocking on doors, opening every single door um, and bootstrapping the business. And, um, and then, you know, it evolved and, you know, post-shark Tank, we got a lot of exposure and the brand really took
0: off from there. During this period, Rosha says that she learned that the most important elements of Brazibite's success was the team's laser focus early on in driving demand for its flagship product before introducing additional SKUs so as not to overextend herself or her budget. She did this by going door to door to educate retailers, demonstrating the products and connecting directly with consumers, listening to shoppers' reactions, and iterating the product as appropriate. She also practiced telling her story, not just to consumers, but potential investors, which Rosa says didn't come naturally at first. Rather, she says she had to build the skill the same way that one builds any muscle, through repetition and incremental increases. Even as Rosha's business and confidence grew, she says investors continued to turn her away until she reached about the one million mark in sales which can feel like an impossible threshold with limited resources, and which is why she's limiting access to LEAP to companies under this point.
1: I feel like that is when you need help the most.
0: That's when you get the most amount of rejection. In addition to returning the favors from which she benefited from mentors, Rosha says that she's excited about the accelerator program because she finds the passion and creativity of successful entrepreneurs to be a source of inspiration that helps her stay connected and relevant to the always evolving consumer.
1: We are doing this to support the next generation. To, I, I, there is, honestly, there is, no, um, there is no hidden motive. You know, there is truly no hidden motive for us. We feel like this this brand um, has become, the Browser Bikes brand has become an example of what can be achieved by you know, a Latina founder, um, a a female founder, and um, it's a brand that is loved, that we have a huge base. We have a ton of support in our industry and from our consumer base, and we feel very grateful to be in this position. And we feel like we need to, um, you know, we're paying back, and we want to uplift others. And I just love being, you know, in the middle of like the – you know, the younger brands and kind of like being involved with them and just hearing what the challenges are. One of the things, this is going to come as a sort of a side a side uh, effect to this that is unplanned, but I think it is important for, you know, larger brands as you begin growing to stay in touch with what's driving and how younger brands are getting creative and driving demand, right? Because if you think about, our, um, you know, our industry and the dynamic that why why do emerging brands get acquired? Why are they able to carve out a space? If that space was so obvious, if the moves were so obvious, there wouldn't be any room. The massive companies that are flooded with cash and resources would own every corner. But there's like this pocket of creativity, right? And I, and, and just like, seeing, you know, something that maybe you're not seeing. And I think as the Browserbytes brand grow, I like staying in touch with that. I am always in touch with that. And I think it gives me an edge. You know, I am the CMO of Browserbytes today. I run our marketing uh, department. And marketing departments, as you grow, kind of change. And I like to stay close to that creativity, that sort of, like, speed and – you know, this type of way of being a, a very young brand. So I think that's, that is not the motive, um, but that's going to, you know, help continue to inspire me
0: to be creative too. With this in mind, Rosha says one of the places where she sees the most creative potential, not just for Brazy Bytes, but businesses across the board, is through TikTok.
1: I'm very excited about, like right now, about the, the, the ability of TikTok to to touch a massive massive new audience that is kind of being adapted much faster by the more creative and crafty entrepreneur. And, you know, look at this. A year ago, if you look at sort of like you would talk about with any large CPG or even digital agencies, people were like, should I be on TikTok? Yes, you know, give me an advice, you know, agency uh, expert. What should I do? No, TikTok is just a bunch of people dancing and just stick with the, you know, the existing, the Facebook, Instagram, and so on. And, you know, that was pretty bad advice. And so what's happening is the large brands are being slower to adapt and the platform is massive and it's introducing consumers to like a whole new wave of products. So I I am very excited about this. We are kind of like leaning in quite a bit And I'm seeing that as a major opportunity.
0: Beyond marketing and consumer outreach, Rocha says that she's excited to expand Brazi Bites lineup before its flagship Brazilian cheese bites. Early iterations include a line of empanadas that were basically filled versions of the cheese bread. But now the company is pushing into new formats and new day parts with the recent launch of its breakfast sandwiches.
1: The name of the product, the Homestyle Breakfast Sandwich, and what we love about it is that the bread is it's thinner, so it's crisp. It's got, kind of got that um, the sort of like panini feel um, of breakfast sandwich. So our breakfast sandwich has come with uh, crisping sleeve, and it crisps the bread in the microwave. So we love that, right? doing our research of the frozen breakfast category, We learned that one of the biggest complaints from consumers was that things did not warm up all the way through. So, you know, you put something in the microwave and it's soggy inside. So we set out to um, fix that through this development. So this was a really awesome, like, innovation for us. It was done very differently, and it got into a category that we weren't playing with. And we love it. You know, the item launched nationwide with Kroger a couple months ago at Safeway Albertsons. It's all over the Natural Channel as well. It's a delicious product. It's just trying to, starting to get out there.
0: Looking forward, Rocha sees a bright future, not just for Brazi Bites, but also the industry as a whole, as trade shows and opportunities to network in person return. She says these are foundational for fueling collaboration and creativity, which, as demonstrated by Brazibite's story, are essential to the long-term success in both trying and celebratory times. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again for another installment, and I help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford, wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.